Welcome to the Cocktail Lovers Podcast. I'm Gary. And I'm Sandra. And together we are the Cocktail Lovers. We're a married couple and we've been writing about cocktails for the past 12 years. But this is the place where we're going to be talking about cocktails. We're going to be talking about products. We're going to be talking about books. And we're going to be talking about the bars that we love and we think that you will love too. We'll also be checking in with some of the biggest names in the industry and asking them to share their top tips with us to help you up your mixing game at home. We like to think of ourselves as your new best friends, cocktail-wise. So let's hear what's on the show this week. Ever wondered where to start when it comes to putting together a home bar or cocktail trolley that you can be proud of? Yup, us too. This week, we check in with Vanessa Dina, author of the fabulously stylish The Art of the Bar Cart, to find out more. From home bar to fancy pop-up, as we review the Macallan Manor House at Rosewood, London, a must-visit for the winter season. And speaking of winter, the colder nights ahead call for some warming winter spirits, like Ron Santiago de Cuba, and The Busker, the two products featured in this week's review. As far as our featured book goes, we're zoning in on one drink, 30 plus ways, with Negroni, a gem of a book by David T. Smith and Kelly Rivers. But first, we are the cocktail lovers, so let's make ourselves a cocktail. Right, so we've got bonfire night coming up, so I thought we'd go for something lovely, rich and warming. Mm. Hot, hot chocolatey. Who doesn't like hot chocolate? Oh, love hot chocolate. Actually, I don't like hot chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm making this one specially for you and for our listener. Who listeners. may listeners <laughs> who may indeed love a hot chocolate. And this one's very, very simple. Something that you can make around the fireside, maybe prepare ahead and serve up when guests come around or when you're going out. So this yeah. is what's going on. So yeah. you can hear me stirring up. I've what, made what are you stirring that? I've made some hot see. chocolate mm-hmm. and we've used a very luxe chocolate. We've gone for Charbonnel El Walker. Oh, lovely. Which are royal warrant holders to Her Majesty the Queen. So I think they'll do well for you, Gary. <laughs> Even meet with your approval. Right. So we've and got hot chocolate. Hot mm. chocolate. And also we're going for a whiskey, but actually you can't call it a whiskey. It's a a spirit-based drink. So we're going for Jameson Orange. Mm -hmm. So there is a big trend at the moment for whiskies to add a bit of orange to the mix, and it's really proving very popular. So this is going to be like, um, you know, those Terry's chocolate oranges. (laughs) So that's what we're going for. So we've made 200 mils of hot chocolate, which we've prepared earlier. And to that, I'm going to add 50 mils of the Jameson orange. I mean, already chocolate, whiskey, orange. Indeed. Oh, that sounds like a winning combo All to me. All of the good stuff. If you like chocolate and I, hot chocolate and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, uh, we're pouring this into, what would you call these? These sort of heat proof glasses. Yeah. I, oh, God. They're, they're very clever. They're like, they look like regular glasses, but they sit in a sort of nice metal sort of dish with a little handle on the side. Very yeah. elegant. They've probably got a name. I don't know what it is either. Heatproof glass. With a metal handle. With a metal handle, yeah. that'll do. And yeah. then on top of that, so I'm just doing a new sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> You're actually whisking 
some what? double cream. Okay. Double cream, which we're going to just layer on the top. So it's 50 ml of double oh, cream. That looks so lush. Which is floated on the top. Oh, good floating action there. Oh, that's. Let, let me tell you, everyone, Sandra's <laughs> put a really fantastic, almost stout like head onto the chocolate with her whipped cream. Marvellous. And that's the beauty of this heat proof glass. You can see everything. And lastly, what we're going to do is garnish with some grating of dark chocolate. Oh, get more and more lush. Yep, the slimmest drink, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, yeah. And then a grating of orange peel just to go on the top. And to accentuate that lovely orangey goodness that's in the Jameson orange. And here you are, Gary. Right, let me give you my verdict. It looks really beautiful. I love that. As I say, the glass, you can see the head, and it's got the lovely gratings on top. Mm. Smell the orange, the uh, the zesting of the orange. Marvellous. I'm not drinking, Mm. everybody. Oh, that's so good. It's nice because you go through the... The cream. The cream, and that's chilled, and then you get that lovely warming chocolate with that... Spirit and a little hint of orange. Good work. I love this. Good. And that's your Bonfire Night cocktail. And it's Jameson Hot Chocolate. If you want to mix along with us in the next episode, in two weeks' time, here's what you need. Cognac, a good quality one, but not necessarily super expensive. Cointreau Triple Sec Liqueur. And lemon juice, which means we are going to be making a sidecar. Right, this week, I'm very excited about this, actually. This is something quite new. It's Mm. an Irish whiskey. And I guess when you think of Irish whiskey, you think of tradition. And these guys have flown in the face of tradition. It's called The Busker. And it's not one, but actually four types of whiskey. The idea being that they wanted to do something that represented the four styles of Irish whiskey. So what we've got is a bottle each of single grain, single pot still, single malt, And a blend of all three, which is called the blend. I like the name, the busker. It's very, it's not what you'd think of as a a typical whiskey name, is it? No, I think that's the idea. I I kind of looked around and I think what the idea is, is that it's a kind of Irish attitude that they're going after, which is they they refer to it as just busk it, which kind of means do it, do it your way. Do you want to drink with friends? Do you want a special occasion? Not a special occasion. Drink at home drink out and they say just busk it which I I like that yeah I do and also it sort of flies in the face of what people may think of as whiskey being very traditional and very dictatorial you know that sort of thing so I think it's quite nice to say busk it do it your way which is good ethos great things that you can say about Irish heritage uh, in terms of whiskey but why not do something new and I think that's reflected in this bottle design it's kind of like a really solid brick like design and the label is quite groovy torn paper label so i think it looks really really nice so as i say there are four but we're going to concentrate on the blend which i think is a a nice way in so the blend is actually a blend of all three so it's got the single grain the single pot still and the single malt and what they've done as if that isn't enough they've then finished that blend in bourbon sherry and masala casks Blimey. so there's a lot going on and a lot to look forward to so should we give it a go i think we should okay let me just get that 
bottle open. I like this bottle a lot, actually. Okay. Yeah, it's very, very cute. Yeah. I, I would say, well, not cute, but it is funky. <laughs> it's fresh. It's different. It's very it stands different. out for lots of there different reasons, doesn't it? Okay. Thank you. I like the look of it. It's got a nice glow about it. Yeah, it's a it's nice amber hue. Yeah, beautiful colour. Give it a little little nose, yeah. a little sniff. Yeah. It's light. It's it is, very it? yeah, very fresh and um I would say kind of fruity as well. For me. Yeah. Well we're know. not as we always say, we're not gonna geek out no, on, on their notes. Couldn't but, possibly. But it's it fact. feels it feels approachable. So I'm going in to see if it's approachable when I taste it. Mm, okay. I'll join you. I think the first thing I notice, which I really like, is it's got a quite a, a rich, creamy texture, which I really like. It sort of coats the mouth in a very inviting way. Mm. I don't get as much of that, but I do. I must say that it's bolder than the nose suggests in a way, which I think is lovely. It has a really nice dry finish. It's got its, it's a really unique style, which I really like. I, I'm really enjoying yeah, this. It's got a nice finish. It's, mm. And the thing, I think two things I would say about this. One is I would definitely give this to somebody who thinks they don't like whiskey and you know i'm using whiskey as a generic to say every type of whiskey in the world which is a bit of a sweeping statement but i think yeah i would give this to someone who thinks they don't like whiskey but at the same time if you do like whiskey you should definitely explore this Mm, yeah exactly so they recommend serving this up and i think that's a very good idea to serve with soda ginger ale cola over ice i'll definitely be giving those a go we like this a lot. It's 700 ml. It's 30 pounds. And uh, details, as ever, are on the Cocktail Lovers website. For my pick, I'm decided that we'll go all the way over to sunny Cuba. Oh, so right. we've... Can I come? Yeah, <laughs> you definitely can. Okay. We're leaving Ireland behind. We love Ireland, but we've gone to Cuba. And we're trying a fantastic rum from Ron Santiago de Cuba. The expression that we're going for is the extra Anejo 11-year-old. Oh. Yeah, so so very special. Even the bottle itself is quite special. The first thing that you notice, other than the label, is the seal of approval from the Republica de Cuba. So it's the Cuban government have given this their stamp of approval. Big thumbs up from Yeah, so you know that it's the real McCoy and it's something that they're incredibly proud of with good reason. You know, we're we're going through this um, period where premium and super premium rums are really enjoying a growth period right now. And this sits perfectly in that category. So... Cuban rums have got a lovely, delicious, floral, much lighter style than some of the heavier rums that you might think of, some of the Caribbean rums like Jamaican and, you know, Barbadian ones. But anyway, before going into all of that chat-chat, (laughs) chitter-chatter, shall I open it and have a go? I like the bottle because it kind of feels like it's got a classic look, but at the same time, like it's just got a little bit of a little modernity going on. Well, that's good that you said that actually, because it, it has been in existence, but they've given it a little wash and brush up over the past year. So it's just relaunched this, this brand. And as you say, there is something very traditional about it, but still it's quite funky in, in the way that it's produced. And, yeah, it's a lovely new packaging style that they've got. And there's four in the in the range. Four, they've got uh, 
white. They've got an eight-year-old, which has just been released in yeah. time for Christmas. We have the 11, yeah. which we're going to try now, and a 12. Yes. Okay. So, right. Why so don't you just crack that one over? I'm going to. And also, worth noting, with um, the 11, that's not the age of all of the rums that are in this bottle. What happens is they choose certain expressions which the maestros choose and then they blend them so the minimum age of the the rum in here is 11 year old right and then it's all blended together for 11 years oh, okay. so that's what gives it i hope i've got that right because right. we were listening to um ian burrell the global rum ambassador telling us about this and i hope that i've translated so if that it's correctly right, it's you if it's wrong it's, it's ian. ian yeah right, okay. right. <laughs> before you go in look at that color that's yeah. so intense it's it absolutely and beautiful you know even as you were handing it across to me I, i'm getting all the aroma yeah like about two yards away it's Amazing. beautiful it's um it, they've got this wonderful microclimate in in cuba where this is actually produced so you get the caribbean sea you get the sun and you've got all of this deliciousness that goes into it and it it produces a really sweet smooth yeah. style of rum so yeah, it, it, let's it go in smells beautiful it smells, it really smells nice. sweet you know yeah. it's got that lovely i don't know the, Toffee, you know those sort of vanillary aromas. Yeah, yeah. let's have a little little taste. Mm -hmm. mm. That's really good. This um, eleven anejo is blended with reserves from aged liquid, as I said, and it's aged in white oak barrels, which all of these these rums are, and it's absolutely delicious. Mm. And now, once yeah. you taste this, you can understand why. Santiago de Cuba rum is the second largest Cuban rum after Havana Club. So wow. that is a big... That's a proud boat. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I, I really like this. I, it is very sweet, but not sweet in a cloying. Mm -mm, it's mm -mm. a sweet in a way that makes it so easy mm. to drink. And I, I'm just happy with that as the way it is. I mean, yeah, you could put it over ice or mix it up or something, but I'm just happy. Yeah, I think so. You really get all of the nuances out of it. It's just mm, delicious. I think that and perfect for this time of year as well you yeah. know where you just want to chill out have a lovely warming drink in in your glass but as we said there's something about that that sweetness that florality florality that makes it really <laughs> that makes it really great so it's available 35 pounds for 700 ml and we recommend getting this for your christmas cabinet or for gifting as well and now for a cocktail hack from one of our experts. My name is Nikos Bakulis from the Clumsy's Bar. And one of my favorite cocktails that I enjoy to make and serve is the 50-50 martini. So 50-50 because half amount of frost gin and half amount of chilled dry vermouth. But I twist it a little bit because always I have in my fridge some preserving stuff like capers or a pickled cucumber. So one spoon of the preserving brine and garnish it with your favorite vegetable and enjoy it. For more from the Cocktail Lovers, see our digital and print magazine and make sure that you subscribe. You can find out all about it on our website, thecocktaillovers.com. And also you'll find out where to subscribe for our magazine 
which is available four times a year in digital and print. Right, so here's a riddle. When is a pop-up not a pop-up? I don't know, Gary. When is a (laughs) pop-up not a pop-up? It's when it's a pop-up that's done so well that you could almost think it's a permanent fixture. And I am talking about the wonderful The Macallan Manor House at Rosewood, London. Ah, yes, it is extremely well done. And and I think it's really good that you've said it's not really a pop-up because it's so lavish. It's really, it is like a permanent structure, isn't it? They've made it really warm and inviting and welcoming. And it does feel like a a permanent space. It does. And I think the idea is that it evokes the spirit, I would say, of the original manor house, which is in Scottish Highlands. And it's been there a little while. It's going to be there a few months more. And it's kind of evolving with the seasons. It's been a terrace sort of style vibe during the summer. And now it's evolving into a lovely evocation. That's a good word. Mm. Evocation of the interior of the manor house. So, and what I like is once you sort of disappear off of Holborn and you've you've gone through the, the Rosewood London into the courtyard and then into this space, you can just forget you're in the middle of London. Yeah, exactly. It's a really brilliant, brilliantly done. Um, lots of tartan blankets, lots of rugs. And also they had lots of beautiful bits of Scottish things like heather and, you know, different plantings that made you also feel even more like you were not in London. It's yeah. really very, very clever. The, the attention to detail, it's really, really good. And I think that's another reason it doesn't feel like a pop-up. So, yeah, really, really, really great space. Now let's talk about the all-important drinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Macallan, not surprisingly, is the star. And it's a great opportunity to try lots and lots of different expressions. Also, it's a great opportunity to try some fabulous cocktails. I think I know that they are changing the menu a little bit during... With um, the season. With the season. Yeah. So when we went... I'm not sure if this will still be on the menu, but I had a lovely double S, which was Macallan 12, Guarana Baltazar Vajou and Drambui. And uh, actually, I'm pretty certain that is going to still be on the menu. Oh, great. Great. Well, I'm really glad because if I go back, I definitely want that one. (laughs) Likewise, the the one I had, the Fields of Gold, which is the Macallan 12 Lillet and Pineapple Shrub. That was a nice kind of pre-dinner drink, very light, refreshing. And pretty certain that's going to be on the menu as well. But, you know, it's, it's quite a small menu. There are some gin, vodka, rum cocktails but I think, you know, you're in that space. It's rude not to go for the Macallan cocktails. Yeah, absolutely. And and also with the, the season coming up, it's very warming, very welcoming, those drinks. And definitely the ones that we had, including another one, which we forgot to mention, which was the Old Estate, which is their sort of old-fashioned, will be perfect for the winter months. Oh, well, that was yes. so delicious, yes. wasn't it? That was uh, the Macallan Estate, Oloroso Sherry and Chocolate Barley. Mm. Now, that is a little bit of a treat because that's 48 pounds. Yes, yeah, so forgot you... to mention. <laughs> <laughs> but that aside, the other cocktails range from 15 to 17 pounds. And as I said, it's a great opportunity to try the expressions. It's quite a few expressions of the Macallan all the way from £19 up to something like 
pounds. Yeah, <laughs> but, but also it's just a yeah. lovely space yeah. to go to during the winter months, as we said. So you've got a little bit of outside feel, but the coziness of being inside. And we had a great time there and we definitely will be going back. And yeah. we recommend that you do too. Everyone loves a Negroni. They didn't before, but it just seems that everyone loves a Negroni these days. So that's what drew me to this particular book for this week. It's called Negroni. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's by David T. Smith and Kelly Rivers, who are yeah. both self-confessed gin geeks and Negroni lovers. And right. this book, it's it reminds me, I don't know, most people are probably not as old as we are, but it's sort of one of those ladybirds book style book of negroni yeah but you know the the sort of the size of it and everything it's really good i totally putting on my serious face get what you mean yeah exactly but i do like that ladybird book of negronis it's fantastic so this one actually has just over about 30 classic and modern recipes for the Negroni, and they take in all kinds of things. So you've got variations in the Negroni from sweet, dry, aged vermouths, ports and sherries, some's made with mezcal, others made with rum, Negronis for different seasons. So you get lovely summery ones, pink Negronis. You get ones for colder months, which are hot Negronis. Even opening up at this page, the sunshine Negroni. So it's, and they say the Negroni's answer to a tequila sunrise. So, you know, you've got all sorts of lemon gin, Aperol, vermouth, orange juice, grapefruit soda, and grenadine. Beautiful. And um, they've got experimental Negronis for some that are after dinner, much more, some that are much more aperitivo style, but others that are made more digestive style. That's glancing at it while you've you've got it. Yeah, I have lots. I like, you know, I can see your point about the ladybird thing because it's, it's, it's it's, quite slim, isn't it? Slim, which makes it feel really approachable. Like I could sit down and really easily just dip into this. And flick through and find recipes. It's not. Daunting. It's very it's not easy scary. to to no. to navigate. Nice. Yeah. I also like the fact that they have some batched and bottled recipes. They've got ones. They've even got um, Negronis with Guinness and cider. Guinness, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah. And then also one of the ones that I do like, which is a, a white Negroni, which I find much smoother yeah, and cleaner. I've, I've had those out, but I've never made one at home. Mm, so yeah, we'll have to we'll have to try that. So this is a very, as I say, just. Very very simple. I'm not going to go into lots of detail because actually just the size it of it, it's itself. just, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dip into it really nicely put together and it's only $7.99. So it's a beautiful stocking filler. You know, we're, we're yeah. thinking Christmas yeah, these days. Yeah, yeah. So, and just one for Negroni fans and wannabe Negroni fans, or just to find different variations on, on one of the most popular drinks these days so it is published by ryland peters as i say 7.99 and i think it's an absolute corker of a book a few years ago gary presented me with a wonderful book and it's taken pride of place in our cocktail library ever since. Called The Art of the Bar Cart, it's packed with beautiful photography and fantastic tips and tricks for theming and styling your drinks trolleys. 
In fact, it's a bit of book porn for cocktail lovers of all levels. This week, we're joined by its author, Vanessa Dina, editor-at-large and design director of Chronicle Books in San Francisco. With 25 years of design and publishing experience under her belt, her other great passions are cooking, party planning, and making every detail special, which you can see to full effect in each of the glorious pages of The Art of the Bar Cart, containing everything from how to create classic and modern carts to curating specially themed spots for your favorite spirits. We're looking forward to speaking to Vanessa and finding out how to create the perfect drink space at home. Vanessa, welcome to the Cocktail Lovers Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, we're so happy to have you on board. I've been waiting to speak to you for ages because I love your book. Oh, so sweet. Thank you. So, Vanessa, let's start at the beginning. There was a time, and I remember this when I was growing up, that it seemed that all homes seemed to have some sort of bar or drinks trolley or something. I I can certainly remember when I was a child that there'd always be a neighbor or a relation that would have a really nice little bar area, but then they all seem to disappear. But they're back again, which is great. And it seems that you can't move for bar carts and home bar paraphernalia. And we see them in interior shops, in interior magazines. Now, what do you put down to, you know, this renaissance down to? That's a great question. I I do think drinking has been around forever, but people, you know, I think the trend of um, having a bar cart at home or a designated space for it has ebbed and flowed. Um, Possibly Mad Men, maybe bringing back that, you know, television and TV culture, um, nodding. I'm I'm thinking of Carrie Bradshaw and her Cosmopolitan. I mean, all of those, you know, the, the rise of the mixologist having the craft cocktail becoming so popular and maybe wanting that at home and doing that on your own instead of going out for it um, maybe has contributed to the popularity. In, my, in publishing as well, I've been seeing, we've seen a lot of different proposals from different authors all around the cocktail and making it, you know, um, not just not just having to go out to make it, but uh, um, having it in your home. So I think having a space for that is kind of the extension of enjoying yourself. Because mm. your book was published in 2017. And that was really before we started seeing the trend really taking hold here in London. I'm not sure if it was the same in the in the US. Because as, as Gary was saying, nowadays, you can't pass a, a, a an interior shop without seeing a bar cart or a trolley or some sort of drinking experience. But in 2017, it wasn't like that. So when and why did you come up with the idea for your fabulous book? And what what was it that inspired you? I think it was probably an intersection of, of all of the things that I really enjoy personally. I enjoy drinking. I enjoy entertaining. I enjoy having friends over. And I really enjoy a good cocktail and also decorating my personal space. So at being a designer, I think creating those little moments in your home kind of brought me joy. And as a book designer, I knew how to put a book together. So this is kind of a, a, again, an intersection of all the things I'm kind of passionate about. So it's wonderful. You've done really, really well. You make it sound like it's very, very easy. And but looking at that book, (laughs) we know that wasn't easy. You know, there's there's a lot of hard work gone into it, both in the words, the ideas, the pictures. Can you tell us a little bit about how? how you researched it, your inspiration, and, and and all crucially, you know, how long did it actually take you to put that 
wonderful book together. Thanks for acknowledging that, actually. <laughs> Usually in the, in the throes of it, it's part of my job. And I've, I kind of en- I enjoy styling, like I said, and decorating. So I think this undertaking was a big one, but it was a lot of fun. And there are a lot of challenges. One of the little behind the scenes I can tell you is we had two different photo shoots. And one was in New York at my partner's house. And the other was in my apartment in San Francisco. So half of the bars, bar carts or setups you see were recreated in my home using actually my own furniture for some of the the things. Beautiful furniture, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So in total, how long did it take you to put it all together? The photo shoot was about two and a half weeks, but then the research and the, you know, the thinking about the content and the recipes, totally about six, six months before we got it to a state where I started laying out the pages and design. Fantastic. What sort of came first? I mean, because we'll, we'll come on to the themes, I guess, a little bit in, in a moment. But what came first? Did the idea, then the recipes, then the shoot? Or did you kind of have a, an idea for a look? And then you kind of thought, well, that's a great look. What recipes work with that? You know, what was the sort of process? It was a little bit of both. And usually when you're creating a book, you have words first, where in this case, it was the visuals that were driving the content for me. So I started to just think visually about the spaces, the themes, um, being a, a city dweller in a small apartment. I had to personally come up with different ways to create a bar cart or create space for decorating a little bar, bar space. And so that led to just literally a tray or an end table or a coffee table, anything that I had around me um, to create those moments. It really was more of a visually driven. And then I started to think about it thematically in terms of the spirits. So, you know, people love certain types of spirits and I thought we could organize it in that way. And then also extend it to different parts of your lifestyle and your family, such as the kids cart for a party or a holiday cart for the holidays and entertaining. But again, I'm looking at the table of contents and a lot of them, like the tray cart, the side cart, the credenza cart, are all pieces in my apartment, actually, that I utilize to turn into a bar cart. And they all look so absolutely gorgeous. In in all, in the book, for those who haven't seen it, you've styled and themed 20 different carts. How did you come up with the look and feel for each of them? Because we've got, I've got the book in front of me. So we've got things for, we've got vodka, we've got gin cart, we've got a wine cart, a beer cart. As you said, there's the kids cart. So how did you come up with them? I mean, was the 20 a magic number for you or did you feel that that was about the right number that you needed? I think it was just the, the, I had to start somewhere. So I thought 10 (laughs) 10 was too small, too little, Um, 30 was too much. I knew we could, as a team, me and my photographer, Antonis Achilles, we could pull off 20. That seemed feasible for us to execute and put together. And then as far as the look, again, I would start with the spirit and then kind of extend the look based on what I had available to me. Yeah, and also the feel of it, because, you know, you've got these wonderful things that are beautiful, crystal clear for the vodka, and there's just these wonderful moods. So it's just like, did you look at the bottle and then sort of think, what does this evoke to me? For sure. On some of them, I actually did. I'm a big fan of St. Germain. It's elderflower liqueur, and, and the bottle is absolutely stunning. And so all I kept thinking is, okay, I've got to get this 
in a situ, in a situation and photograph it. And I love St. Germain with champagne or Prosecco. You know, I think it's so relevant now. It was relevant when it came out, but it's one of those things that will never go out of style. And that's why we really wanted to talk to you, particularly as we're coming up to party season as well. So a lot of people will be thinking about how to have little areas in their home that they can dedicate to drinks, carts and bar trolleys and whatever. So that's why we wanted to talk to you, because as we said, this book is never going to go out of fashion or out of style. So yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it'd be great, actually, if you could tell us about, uh, just pick out one or two of the themes from the book. You know, as Sandra said, there's 20. Uh, Maybe you could just pick one or two out and just talk us through the sort of how you put them together and also how we could sort of start working on bringing those alive at home. Mm -hmm. Well, as I was mentioning before, the St. Germain, that bottle. So I kind of, I kind of just started to create a a theme around that bottle because it's so beautiful. And this one, which I'm remembering now is the tray cart. So even if you don't have dedicated space or enough room in your, in your house or your apartment, you can easily just take something that already exists. And I literally had this fold up tray and I placed it in front of one of the walls in my apartment that has wallpaper. So again, it's kind of an extension of decorating in your home and then put a few beautiful glasses on there with a beautiful bottle uh, maybe a bucket of ice, and voila, you have a you have your bar cart. It's a lovely centerpiece as well. It's gorgeous, isn't it? Um, which is out of the book. You know, you've got these lovely twenty beautiful babies that you've created. Which is your favourite, and why? Oh, that's that's a tough question. I know um, <laughs> you shouldn't have a favourite baby. We know, but know, we're right? putting you on the spot. Yeah, or at least which was the most fun to come up with. Oh gosh, they were they were also they were um, all fun. Mm. They were they were a lot of fun. Um, the holiday cart was really fun. The one that's actually on the cover. Can you describe it to people? Yes, for those of you who don't have, who don't have the book yet, um, yes. it's a circular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's an amazing vintage bar cart that we found at a prop house, and it's circular with glass shelving. And it's just the most like iconic looking shape. And it's really, it's a beautiful piece. I actually wish I owned owned it. Mm. And it has a nice um, brass finish. So for holidays, for the holiday season, it's a lovely color palette and you can display your glassware on it. And then we had, we had Christmas lights wrapping some tree branches to really get that festive feel. Um, so that was a lot of fun to put together actually. And there, you know, on, on that thing, because you, you just mentioned when you were talking about it, I think you said you found it in a vintage store or something like that. Well, this was actually in a prop house. Okay. But, but what about, you know, are there some, have you got any tips for us on the places we should be exploring? Because obviously, as Sandra said at the beginning, you know, we're now seeing them in sort of mainstream stores, which is great. But what if we want to find some little gems? Where where should we be sort of foraging for our paraphernalia? Yeah, good question. I'm a huge fan of thrift shops and I, I love thrift shopping. I love vintage stores, flea markets, tag sales. You usually find something with a lot of character, something that has, you know, been around, has a little a lived in feel. And again That's it, the pre loved, which is lovely. It, yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a traditional bar cart with wheels or trolley. It it could just be a side table, an end table, or a tray. So you can think of your bar cart as actually something on the go that maybe you can put anywhere in your home. 
I think that's a great tip because like you, you know, you say that you live in a city. We live in central London, so space is at a minimum. We do have little drinks cabinet, but for particularly when friends come over, you do want to have something. So I think that a tray is a really great idea because people think that they have to have masses of space to create a drinks area, but a tray is beautiful. And I think that, you know, some of the tips that you have for placing flowers or using your uh, jigger as, as a vase as well. So can you give us some of these other little gems that you've got in the book? Yeah, exactly. I, I, again, the, the end table, the side table, the tray, those to me are instant places where you can just kind of style and put together an immediate place for, for, for drinks. And I love, I love the idea of using a cocktail shaker as your vase, or if, if you have beautiful produce that you want to maybe show off in California that we have a kumquat season and it lasts for months. And it's, it's so much fun to have these beautiful little orange little orbs sitting in a beautiful bowl that adds color to a space immediately. And also I collect a lot of dishware. So I think if you have vintage glasses that you want to showcase, that's another fun way to just take it out of the cabinet and maybe put it on a tray and have it on display next to your gorgeous bottle of vodka. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that we really loved as well is at one end of the scale, you've kind of got these beautiful vintage kind of carts and trolleys that you've sourced. But also what I thought really showcased the creativity was that there was that lovely one where you said, well, why not use some lovely old wooden crates to create like a shelving unit? And that, and it just looks amazing. Thanks. Thanks. I think that came from my college years thinking if you don't have a lot of money, what else could you do to house maybe your, you know, your whiskeys and your liquors or, or ports or whatnot. And I think just, I mean, maybe not plastic crates, but wooden crates can add a lot of charm to a space. Um, so definitely that crate cart came from not having a lot and what, what else can we use beyond just, just a table. And, and it has a lot of character to a space as well. It's beautiful. Really, really good. And so going on a little bit, can you give us a few tips on basic ingredients that you think that people should have as really basic ingredients that they should have when they're setting up a home bar? I think you should definitely start with your favorite spirit. Have that there. And then any mixer that such, it could be as simple as a vodka tonic and some lemons and limes. I think it's really handy if a cocktail shaker it is really an important tool because it's a great way to mix it with a built-in strainer and to, to strain your, it just it kind of brings, um, a, takes your cocktail making up a notch. And people love to hear that, don't they? Your guests, they love to hear that theatre of the, the shake. Yes. Mm. For sure. For sure. It has a lot of drama maybe to the entertaining. And, and also great ice cube trays can really make a drink sparkle. They have so many various sizes and shapes nowadays. And I'm a big fan of the, um, they're like, they're about two, maybe almost two inches a cube. They're massive, but for, for a nice brandy or whiskey or, or bourbon, it's kind of nice to have one big cube in there. Makes quite a statement. Cause you've got a whole section about ice in the book, which I think is something people sometimes forget. So I think that's really great that you've picked up on that. And also there was um, another thing that I think that you mentioned that you say about having bitters, which can change the character of a drink very dramatically. So that's another thing that as a basic, it's not going to cost too much and they do go very far, don't they? 
they can last forever because just a shake, a, just a, a, a shake or two for each cocktail goes a long way and adds a lot of depth and flavor. So I think um, that as well as simple syrups, which are really easy to make at home and you can flavor them with anything, honey or... Yeah, and it doesn't cost much to to start your bar, does it? I think that a lot of people used to think that they had to have every single spirit available. But as you say, start with what you like and then build from there, really, which is a top tip, I think. Yeah, I think it's really, it's all about you curate it to what your likes are and then go from there. Because I think it's very expensive to have the full bar at home. But but if you have a few bottles of something that you really enjoy, that's enough. Yeah. And, and it is lovely the way you've sort of put it together. It's about that, you know, focusing on the spirit, maybe it's bitters, you know, a lengthener, but also approaching it from a design aspect. So it's not just stuff that you buy and you put in your cupboard, but actually make it a really nice design feature of your home. I think I love that. So we're going to put you on the spot now and say, you've done 20 great styles in your book. What's your home bar like? Um, well, it's it's the vodka bar. Ah, <laughs> good. That is actually uh, my dedicated... Is that your one? That is my cart. I actually have my stereo on there as well. But for the photo shoot, the vodka cart is on page 22. And it's, it's basically just... Again, this was found at a thrift shop. Oh, it's beautiful. I love and it your bar. It didn't have glass, and I had to buy the glass pieces to create the shelving. So it's very simple, but I do have my few bottles out there. I'm a big fan of St. George's Distillery in the East Bay in California. So I have a lot of their bottles and some local tonics and Lillet. Again, I, I'm a designer, so I go for the visuals and a good label. I'm a sucker for a good label. Oh, God, so are we. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is amazing. So, and also, I know that you're, you're based in San Francisco, but what's your favorite bars and why? Oh, gosh, there's so many, but I haven't been to any of them in so long because of the pan because of the pandemic, but I do love Trick Dog. They're an amazing, they have amazing mixologists and thematic menus that changed every month. And then there's another place, ABV, which is in the Mission on 16th Street. But again, I haven't, I haven't been out in so long. So I've just been utilizing my, my bar cart and making drinks at home. Perfect. That's absolutely fantastic. And we do recommend that everybody buy this book, The Art of the Bar Cart, either for yourself or for a, as a gift, or actually both. I think that works really well. And it's been a real pleasure to speak to you, Vanessa, and thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. So fun. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Cocktail Lovers podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please tell your friends and make sure you never miss another episode by simply subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. For more details on the people, places and products mentioned today, head over to our website, thecocktaillovers.com.